Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. How sweet it is to be loved by you. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios, with Jeff Calkins on today's show, presented by Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. Online at redrivertoyota.com. We're back with the Gabe Kuhn Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Someone to understand my ups and downs. There you were. Jeff Calkins is columnist of the Daily Memphian, also hosts of the Jeff Calkins Show 9 to 11 right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. He's on X at Jeff underscore Calkins. Jeff, uh, how, how's it going? How are you? How am I? I'm, I'm pretty good, actually. Okay. Good, good to hear. Good to hear. It's a little nippy out there, but I'm, I'm pretty good. Gri- no, no particular complaints. Grizzlies aren't good. Um, I uh, I said that it was the most disheartening loss against the Mavs. I I, mm-hmm. I I take that back. This was the most disheartening loss. 133-109, 42-19 in the first quarter. Uh, that that was miserable. And I there are some things. I opened up the show by talking about this. There are some things that are out of their control, and that's injuries. The things that are in their control, though, they're not doing well either. Offensively, they're they they they're not uh, getting to the rim. They're clanking every three and. Their perimeter defense is, I mean, the historical significance of how bad it is. 89 threes this season through five games. It's the most opponent threes an NBA team has allowed over its first five games in a single season in league history. I mean, it is it is really, really bleak right now. Well, that's a bummer. No, yep. <laughs> it, is, it is bleak right now. I mean, there's no question it is bleak right now. I tried to be optimistic yesterday when I said they were going to win last night. I'll be honest. I hadn't said it on same my Same here, by the way, Jeff. I said the same I, thing. So I didn't, I didn't necessarily believe it. I was just trying to be optimistic. But, um, yeah, and I think, to me, the, 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 the part that's most depressing about this is does it shine a light on – the deficiencies of the roster, even when Jock comes back. In other words, huh? Like our jaw. I mean, the, the, uh, you know, very clearly the 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 the, uh, the second level reserves. You know, when you lose Kyle Anderson and DeAnthony Melton and Tyus Jones, and you replace them with the players who they've replaced them, it's a problem, right? When those players don't seem capable. Um, and then honestly, like even Jaron, like Jaron is shooting 42% from the field, 32%, 42, 32% from three. You know, that's a guy who we were, you know, 
who was a, who was an all-star last year. He, there's no question he's he's playing well, reasonably well. He's having an impact still defensively, but that's not what you wanted out of Jaron. And honestly, like uh, Dez, I think partly because he's he is now being asked to do too much. He's shooting 34% from three, like, um, and then and then of course Luke Kennard can't hit anything from three. But so I I, I think it's again those are two very good players, but. You would honestly kind of hope that that a player with that a team with Jaron Jackson and Dez and Marcus Smart would be able to at least hang with Utah, you know? Right. And they were freaking demolished. Now, I at some point, um, I I think the discouragement becomes, you know, I, I I I like I'm much more worried about their offense than their defense. Their defense obviously hasn't been good. They've given up too many three pointers. Some of that is the perimeter defense. Some of that is just bad fortune, right? Uh, you're not going to have two teams consecutively combined to shoot 50% from three um, many nights. So I think it's a combination. But then I think at some point, and it's why it's important to get a win, at some point it starts to cascade on itself, right? And it becomes a it, – it's hard to play with the same intensity. You're discouraged. Yep. Uh, you're a professional. Maybe, maybe it shouldn't be that but I do get the sense that that's part of at least what happened last night so now it's just very clear they need to win a game if only to feel better about themselves Luke Kennard needs to see some shots go down uh, if only to feel better about himself so um, there's there's you know but all you can do is start with a start with a single win and then try to build from there and then with the Luke Kennard thing I'm kind of curious he had to exit the game last night is he even is he going to be on the injury report when we see it come out here relatively soon like it's just everything that could go wrong has gone wrong so far this year I think we're on the same page there um but with with the perimeter defense you say like yeah some of it is good fortune for the other team knocking them down um where the Grizzlies cannot Grizzlies have not shot the three ball well but it seems like and we saw this when when Steven Adams went out last year like Jaron Jackson's impact as a help defender is massive, but he's having to help too much. Guys are getting burnt off, uh, you know, uh, outside on the perimeter if you're not named Marcus Smart or Desmond Bain or really John Conchar, and then they overhelp consistently. And there's just so many open threes every single night. And last night was definitely the the sort of most we've seen. I feel in that regard. Um, but this is going to be on, I mean, Taylor Jenkins, there's going to have to be some scheming behind the scenes to make sure that doesn't happen again. Cause this is, it's ridiculous. It's, it's too much of a, uh, it's not just a coincidence at this point. This is five games worth of bad perimeter defense. Yeah. Like Dylan Brooks is like, miss me yet. Um, right. and by the and, way, uh, a guy who's shooting, what's he shooting? 60, some 62% yeah, from three. <laughs> so All he needed was the green light, man. All he needed was oh, the green yeah. light. Just ask exactly him. Right. So, <laughs> um, now, still, they are they are twenty second defensively in the league. They are dead last offensively in the league. So, you're, if you're asking me which is the bigger concern, their inability to score uh, to me is the bigger concern uh, than their inability to prevent their uh, opponent from scoring. But they're both a concern. Twenty second is not where you want the Grizzlies to be defensively, and dead last is certainly not where you want them to be offensively. Yeah, no question about it. Now. Um... Sort of positive things here. Um, we do have mm-hmm. Lemoyne Owen and the and the Tigers playing in the final exhibition. Looks like we're going to see Javon Quinterly play tonight. That's that yeah, sort of way, that's I everybody's thought, question. 
I thought when you were when you were saying positive things, I thought you were gonna like, okay, let's see what the positive things are about the Grizzlies. But no, you're like, there are no positive things. Well, there. okay, then are there are are what 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 positives <laughs> no. can you draw what from the first five games, okay. Jeff? Let's Here's, fine. Let's do that let's, exercise. I'll say some positive things about the Grizzlies. Okay, ready? Here's some positive things okay. about the Grizzlies. Um, only twenty games left before Ja comes back. How about that? You like that for a positive thing? Okay. Only twenty left. We're we're half. We're we're we're. I mean, I guess you could say Bismack Biombo. Okay. Uh, well, Santi Aldama start. Santi Aldama is starting to play in play groups well, or whatever they call it. It sounds yeah. like something I used to play do groups. Play groups. So. In a play group, Santi Aldama is making his way back. Uh, so there is that. And I swear the, to God, I started to look at the lottery this year. I, I was today. I started to look, you know, I literally said, okay, who's out there? Like, sometimes you can have, you know, look at, look at what, what the was the Warriors did. tank year where they went and got James Wiseman? I saw some right. things out there exactly. like that. Yeah. Yeah, no. Or you go back to the, to the Spurs. They, they had David Robinson, and then they – had a tank year and they were able to get Tim Duncan and uh, yeah. And the same thing now, now the, the Warriors didn't do it as well. Yes. I... <laughs> they, they spent, they spent theirs on they spent their pick on James Wiseman, but the same philosophy, you know, you can have an ebb, you can have a year where you just have a slight, everything conspires against you and you have a, da- a down year and you reload and away you go. I don't think we're to that yet. We're yeah. very clearly not to that yet, but it is, I mean, considering this was just, you know, this this is pretty damn grim. Yes, but, um, I have to say it's pretty damn grim. Before we get to Tigers, I did. Bismack Biombo is going to join it. I'd imagine he'll get heavy minutes tomorrow night. Like I don't think there's going to be any ramp up period for him. Get out there, no, make an impact. There, there will be heavy minutes. No, oh, I don't know, two. Jeff. I don't What's know. Heavy? Fewer I, than twenty minutes. You think so? Okay. Uh, yeah. That, it depends that, what that, type of impact he's making, in my opinion. But, I think it's how they operate. A, okay. I think it's just how they operate. But I I, I, this and, was and preemptive. Way, this was this was decided after what game two. So I feel like this is. I feel like they've said, "Hey, get yourself in shape. You're gonna be you're gonna be playing when you get here." <laughs> you're gonna, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would I would set the uh, over under at uh, at more like fourteen and a half minutes. Oh, I'll go and over I, on that. So you'd go over on that. Yeah, but I'd go over. if you set it at nineteen and a half, I'll definitely take the under. I think under twenty minutes. Is my, if you're juicing the guess. over on that and giving me a good plus number, I may take the over. <laughs> as long as you uh, juice in it. In terms of Quinterly, yes, it would be nice. Well, <laughs> it would it would be nice if, uh, yeah. I mean, I uh, you know the Memphis Tigers are we turn our lonely eyes to you. It's it's it was always a question for me last year and honestly the year before. Like, which of these teams is going to do more in the postseason? And in the end, last year they both disappointed in the postseason. We can say that, right? Yeah. Um, and so it is nice. It doesn't, whatever, we'll see what happens with the Grizzlies. It's not looking like a particularly, this is a year when they're going to have some glorious postseason, but that's a long way away. But I think right now I'm feeling pretty good about the Tigers chances in the postseason to get to the postseason and to have a fruitful postseason. And for all the reasons we discussed, it's important to do, to get off to a fast start, obviously, and so you want to have your full complement of players and have a chance to run them out there. And, yes, it would be nice to see Javon Quinterly tonight. Now, they tell us not to do this in radio, but I'm going to circle back really quick because I did have a question. When it comes to Bismack's, uh, Bismack oh, okay. Biombo's yeah. contract, one-year, $5 million, $1 million guaranteed, clearly tradable if they don't right. like what they see. 
something tells me I have a sneaky suspicion they'll like what they see comparatively to what they have on the roster. And that does leave to question at this point. I I am I talked about this in the first segment. I'm I'm wondering what happens with Kenny Lofton after 25 games. I wonder what what happens, what roster shakeups they're going to have to make after 25 games if they're going to keep Bismack Biombo on the roster. I think it seems right now um if you had to wager what's going to happen obviously they're going to need to clear a roster spot find a roster spot after 25 games so a couple things could happen biombo could come in here and could show that he's over the hill and lousy and you know whatever and then they just let him go that would be a possibility but yes if he seems like an impactful player and you start saying who else on the roster could go to make room for him, then they can trade, you know, they could, they could do some right. kind of a deal that frees up the roster spot. Um, but yeah, it seems like, uh, it seems like junior would be the one to go. Right? What, would, what would you, and what would you bet on right this second? Of those I would two bet options. junior. junior yes. No, I, it, trades are harder, right? So they're yeah. just harder to pull off. So the, I, I think they will probably be unsuccessful in putting together a trade that appeals to them. And so um, I think the most likely, the most likely scenario here is that, uh, is that uh, as he got Lofton for the, for 20 more games and, and that's that. Yeah. Uh, that, that is, I mean, right now, isn't that looms is the most likely scenario? That, that, that seems like, I think he'll, I think Bismack yeah. will make a, a impact um, more than, than what they have right now at the, at the five. I think Xavier Tillman and him, that's, so. that's, that's, that yeah. seems like the, the best option here going forward. Now back to the Tigers. Now back into the yeah. Tigers. Um, I am going to talk with Parth a little bit later, but uh, what DeAndre Williams, have you shut the door on that? Or are you sort of like, where are you, are you sort of, have you given up on it? No, 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 no. Very clearly what's happened lately. It's sort of funny how it works is um, no one's reporting anything different, right? No one's reporting anything different. I've heard two um, no's at this point, and then they're trying to put in more evidence as to why he should get yeah, it back. They, no, no one's reporting anything different. But what you, what you, what's happened recently is there's been stories burbling up. You know, uh, Munns wrote a theoretical story about do they really need him. What do you, what, what could he mean? Like, and I'm like, if we, if and others have written about it and tweeted about DeAndre. It feels like there's been a sort of fresh round of talking about and tweeting about DeAndre, right? That's what it feels like. Yep. And, um, and if you're just an outsider looking in, you're like, wait a second. I thought basically we had emotionally moved on from DeAndre two weeks ago, right? I thought, I had. Like yeah. that, I, thought I had, yeah. And so my analysis purely of looking at the, at the media landscape is that people are hearing – in fact, John Martin on my show, uh, and you can read his columns at the Daily Memphian, John Martin on my show said he feels good about it. Um, and so I think there is, for whatever reason, I think there's a fresh a sense of optimism around DeAndre. And uh, I certainly, uh, because of that, have not ruled it out. I haven't, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, and at so, this no, point, I we have, have a game. You have a real game coming up Monday. Like it's, it feels that's fine. Would you let's say let's say, uh, listen? If the door's closed right now and it him? opens back up, open your arms up. Come on, DeAndre. Let's go to a Final Four. Like I get all that, but I like right now, Penny and the staff. Yeah, yeah. Penny you and the staff him? have to deal with what they have 
at this particular there's, there's moment? There's no question. They have to deal with what they have. Now, secondly, they know more, I suspect, than we do. Like yes. They have a better sense than we do. But, yeah, I mean, DeAndre originally, when he joined this team, originally, the first time, it was not for the start of the season. It was, you know, once the season had been launched. And I think if he joins the team this time, you would, well, you know, it, 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 there's no question. It's another obstacle to have to integrate him on the fly rather than having him at the, at the outset. But if I can, if I asked you right now, all right, fine. You can either have uh, no DeAndre or you can have DeAndre at some point. <laughs> you take DeAndre at some point. Months. No doubt. Yeah, you just like whatever, like you, you take it. And the NCAA doesn't care about your timetable very clearly. You know, they didn't care about North Carolina football's timetable. You know, like they, they don't, they, they don't give a damn. And so, uh, and so, no, I have not, um, particularly, honestly, given that the Grizzlies have been so grim, I'm looking for reasons for optimism. And so uh, to, have, uh, to have DeAndre back would be great, and I have not emotionally given up on it any, uh, at this point, no. Mm-hmm. Now, in college football, Pete Thamel reporting the Big Ten coaches met on a call urging the right. conference commissioner, Tony Petiti, to take action on Michigan. And I, listen, I think I agree if you're going to punish a team for sign stealing and they have done wrong, punish them right now because three years down the road, if Jim Harbaugh is not there and the same players aren't there and the same coaching staff's not there, whatever it is, I think it's really stupid to uh, punish somebody um, at that point. But do you have any level of confidence that big, the Big Ten will actually, you know, institute a, a punishment? On Michigan well, this I, season, I disagree at the outset at the threshold because I don't think. The history of the NCAA is they they take their time, they issue a notice of allegations, and we've seen lots of teams compete for a championship while dealing with the cloud of allegations for years sometimes, right? Kansas is going to have to win a national championship and then forfeit it later. Well, they didn't have to forfeit it, but... Um, Doesn't mean like, I enjoy it, it, I guess, is the point I was making. Doesn't mean I think yeah, it's, why, it's why, smart. Why depart and have a different approach for Michigan? Why is like we're just gonna do a, do immediate justice for Michigan, whereby every other thing uh, no, we've uh, ever uh, dealt with is we've dealt with delayed uh, justice. Yeah, I think and you're so, getting to your answer. Yes, that. But I'm so just I, yes. So I myself, given that the plus, honestly, like, do I want to see a college football playoff? Let's say Michigan beats Ohio State, you know, runs the table. Do I want to see a college football playoff that doesn't have Michigan in it? No, I don't. I want to see Michigan in the college football playoff. And so I understand why the coaches are mad, and I understand the – but here's the other point. If I really thought that Michigan was winning these games this year because of their advanced sign stealing, then I might think differently about it. I think Michigan has beaten the inferior opponents they've beaten this year because they're better than them and because yes. they have multiple first and second round picks on that team. And so I think disqualifying them would make me feel cheap, like the, the playoff had been cheapened. And I don't really think it's why they're winning. So, no, I'm not in favor of them acting now. And I hope they don't act now. And I think they probably won't act now because I think the easiest, first of all, TV doesn't want to back now. And then the easiest thing for the commissioner to do would be just to say, we have an NCAA process. We will let the NCAA handle this and then let the NCAA handle this. Yeah. But still, I, I guess my point is like, all, 
I don't like the way the NCAA has handled their business in the past. Right. And I, I think you're fine. there with me as well. But you I, just it does feel ludicrous that things should take three years. Yes. But if you're if you're operating in a world where justice takes three years, why do you speed it up for this particular this particular you know um, uh, offense? Why why is that unlike playing with a player who may have been paid or whatever else? Why why are we um, why are we speeding it up just because it's Michigan um, yeah. or just because I, you know? So I, I I don't fundamentally think they should change their processes for uh, for sped up justice. And honestly, like there's usually a hearing. There's usually like we're gonna you're gonna call in Harbaugh for a hearing. You're gonna like are you gonna really? I mean, I do think in fairness would demand that you actually have a hearing and that you, you know, are able to explore this and investigate it more than just what's been, you know, reported. And so, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, yeah. here's the other thing that actually I'm kind of surprised by. It does feel like the reporting is that if, let's say, Harbaugh gets suspended, at least Mike Florio, I think, and others have reported. That- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If he gets suspended and he goes to the NFL, that that suspension would be honored by the NFL. Yep. That seems astonishing to me. Um, But but there's not a lot of... um, there's not a lot of um, sort of precedent for this. Uh, there's some, the quarterback at Ohio State, what was his name? Uh, who was, whatever, there was a quarterback Terrell at Ohio State. Terrell Pryor? Or, yep, that's him, yep. Terrell Pryor. It was Terrell With Pryor, the tattoos? I guess. They brought, the, they brought some of those punishments over. But um, it's interesting because if you talk about, like, just to your point, if you're talking about the player, the people who are actually guilty are able to escape punishment – it's possible that this punishment will, I don't know, whatever punishment it is, will land on Jim Harbaugh ultimately in the NFL, which would seem curious to me. Oh, but that won't, that won't stop Mark Davis from hiring him with the Raiders. It won't do it. It, it depends on the suspension. But, he, it, you know, Mark Davis will make those crazy decisions in those moments. That's his that big may fish. Well Come be, on. That is a crappy job. If that's the job you can get, that is not the NFL job would I, I would What's want. What's the NFL job that could come open that you think is Chargers. the Is it the Chargers? Okay. Chargers. Chargers. Okay. Best because of the quarterback. Because they have the quarterback, right? And then I think the next best one, let's be honest, Chargers, Chargers will come open unless they go on a playoff run, right? And right. that's still theoretically possible. 
Um, I think the Bears will come open. I think the Commanders will come open. I think the Bucks will come open. And I think we are – and we obviously all already have the Raiders open. Beyond that, I don't have any strong conviction about them. Of those jobs, the best one is the Chargers because they have a quarterback. And then I think the next one is probably, as grim as it has been over there, the Bears. Yeah. Because you, you're going to be drafting high, got, you have two high picks. picks. Yeah, you got multiple high picks, and so you can go get a quarterback. Yeah. Um, and so it may evolve that the commanders or Raiders tank vigorously enough that we will – and I do think it's interesting. I've always wondered why there isn't more tanking in football. Um, it doesn't feel like there is that much tanking in football. There hasn't historically been that much tanking in the NFL. And it's weird to me because quarterbacks matter so much and there's not even a lottery. Like if you're literally the worst team, you get the first pick. Like there's every incentive to tank. Plus it's less painful. You don't have to lose 65 games like you do in the NBA to be, to be last. Right. You just have to lose, you know, 15 times in order. So it surprises me, but doesn't it feel like this year, Suddenly, you have teams that are aggressively tanking. The Washington Redskins trading away their two edge rushers. Feels like they're tanking. Commanders, commanders. They're now I mean, the commanders. What yeah. did I just call them? They call them the Redskins? Yeah, you did. You did. Damn. I mean, if you're doing the historical context, I'll let yeah, you get away no, with that. Was it. No, that was just a screw-up. That was just a screw-up. Very clearly, <laughs> find me. You should find me. I'll put it in a kitty. It's amazing I slipped up Well, but there. then now, now the uh, commanders are talking about trading for – the Oakland Raiders, uh, that was yeah. intentional. Right? <laughs> now I'm just going – and then the San Diego no. – no, so the, the, the commanders look, feel like they're tanking, right? And I don't know, are the Raiders tanking? Uh, they didn't try to, but I think they're headed they're, that they're direction. They're starting the rookie. They're starting the rookie. Yeah. Is AOC. that tanking or is that – yeah, so – it feels like there is tanking, and so maybe one of those, maybe those, one of those teams, the Commanders or the Raiders, will have a high enough pick that that job then becomes attractive. But I think the Bears is probably the next most. And then the Commanders, job, I, 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 I yeah. know I heard you talking about this earlier, and I saw it as well. The Commanders thinking about trading for uh, Bill Belichick. At least that's the Pro Football Talk Mike Florio report. That fi- I find that kind of strange. I find that very strange. I know Bill Belichick is great, but this year, well, since Tom Brady left, it has not been very good in New England. If I were a Commanders fan, first of all, I'd try to remember the name, but then secondly, I would not be happy about that. Like, if I had to give up a first for Bill Belichick, I would. First of all, even if, like, he's just so joyless. Too. Yeah. Like, I know in the end it's winning and losing that matters, and I guess, sure, if he comes in and takes us to the Super Bowl, I'd be very happy. But... I don't think there's, as you pointed out, since Tom Brady, what exactly has he done? Um, and then beyond that, it just feels like a joyless experience, the Bill Belichick experience. So um, the last years of bitter old Bill Belichick, I'm, I would not be interested. You've just rid yourself of, you know, all the Dan Snyder stuff and everything else. Start fresh and uh, go get your quarterback and, and, and bring meaningful football back to the nation's capital. Now, last thing for you, Jeff. Um, Rangers win the World Series. Did it do anything for you? I know that the ratings are going to be absolutely atrocious. I, I tend to not – I don't watch. I, that's the one thing I do not do. I do not watch sports like I'm a TV executive. So ratings I, I usually don't care about, but they are going to be particularly bad. I do have trouble, though, 
going after Major League Baseball for ratings. Because I feel like they did get a lot right this year. Like the pitch clock made watching more enjoyable. I think the bigger bases, less pickoffs, made more action on the base paths. Uh, a little more star power, seeing what Ronald Acuna was able to accomplish with all of his stolen bases, all of his home runs. It's hard for me to completely criticize them when I feel like this season was a step in the right direction. But not only that, what I really like about it is the fact that, okay, fine, I, I like you. I'm not a TV executive. I don't care. What I like about it is the fact that Major League Baseball, which used to feel like it was the one sport that was most um, unfair in terms of salaries and resources and yep. how could you possibly compete unless you were one of these, you know, the three teams or something. We now have a situation where in the last 10 years, there have been nine different champions. The only repeat is obviously Houston. And um, to me, that reflects well on major league baseball and it may not reflect as well on the, ratings, the, right. you know, the, the national TV ratings, but in terms of like baseball feels to me like it is, it is more of a local marketplace driven sport. And what matters is increasingly, particularly as TV is going to go away as we know it. Right. But what really matters is honestly fans in the seats and then how many people watch on either a regional network or, or, uh, or whatever the streaming of thing will ultimately be. There is hope in, in all kinds of major league cities. There should be feel like there's hope in all kinds of league, major league cities. The Rangers two years ago lost 102 games, and here they are world champions. Yep. And so I like the fact that there is, and, 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 and literally that does correlate to smaller markets in this year's World Series and therefore smaller TV ratings. But I like the fact that a whole variety of cities have been able to win the title in the last 10 years and there's only been there's only been one repeat and I've talked about this too with Major League Baseball they've been so obsessed with trying to engage the younger fans trying to bring in a new fan base and it clearly just has not worked but they it feels like their loyal fan base of older fans they've sort of left in the past I like I, I had a brother who did radio in Iowa for a long time and they're they're big MLB fans, but they get blacked out in four different markets. All the markets they want to watch, it's like the Twins, the Brewers, all these. It feels like mm. in the process of trying to attract new fans, they have sort of alienated their their main fan base. And I feel like you got to stop doing that at some point. When it's not working, you don't and you don't see the results, and you don't see new fandom. Just go ahead and try to strengthen what you have at this particular moment. So where do you want Otani to end up? Mm. Where do you predict? Where do I, where do I predict? I mean, that is, that he's going to end up. He's going to end up. Yeah. I, I think one of three places. We're talking L.A., New York, or Seattle is sort of the the outside one for me. I, I want to see him in Seattle because I don't want to. I don't want right. to have to root I think for Seattle, him. Seattle. Seattle would be entertaining. I yes. like Seattle the best, and that's probably the most. That's where I want to see him end. Up, but I don't and know. Then, whoever has the most money, whoever wants to pay that paycheck. And then the Braves are the favorites again, heading into next year, as they should be. Yep. And, uh, yeah. For sure. Well, Jeff, appreciate it. Good. We'll talk again tomorrow. Yes, sir. That's Jeff Calkins on X at Jeff underscore Calkins. Uh, make sure you check out all of his work. He's a columnist at Daily Memphian, dailymemphian.com, and radio work 9 to 11 with the Jeff Calkins Show right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Now get ready to start the NFL week off, right? Because right now all customers get into no sweat, same game parlay for Thursday night football. Just place a three-leg same game parlay on this week's game between the Titans and the Steelers. 
and you'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Build your own or choose from the popular SGPs pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. Visit FanDuel.com slash GabeK. That's my promo code, G-A-B-E-K. Again, G-A-B-E-K. So you don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat same-game parlay on America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21-plus and present in Tennessee. Refund issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, call the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. Time to take a trip around the National Football League. That's going to be next right here on the Gabe Kuhn Show. Stick around. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back in on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. It's time to take a trip around the National Football League, brought to you by Longshot. The Washington Commanders. Per Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk, I I mentioned this a little bit with Jeff in the previous segment, but the Commanders are actually thinking about trading to acquire Bill Belichick as a head coach because Ron Rivera, obviously, that's not working. Now, what I would think is, you know, you don't have to trade a first-round pick and you have a guy on your staff. I think he's done at least an okay job with the offense and Eric Bieniemy, who's been vying and trying to get a head coaching job for a while. But trading for Bill Belichick would probably require a first-round pick, multiple picks. I find that interesting, Connor. Bill Belichick hasn't been much outside of Tom Brady. And by the way, he's up there in age. This is not a young man by any stretch of the imagination. This guy, yes, he's had a lot of success. I, I'm not, I'm, I will never hide from that fact. But he's 71 years old. You don't know how long he's going to uh, coach for. He hasn't been good outside of the Tom Brady years. And you'd have to give up first round, multiple first round, multiple picks for him. I just I just feel like that would be foolish as a franchise to do. But we'll see what happens as the uh, offseason will uh, get going. And uh, Ron Rivera, I, I imagine, I, I just have a pretty solid suspicion he'll be out of a job. The New York Giants. Um Talked about it a little bit yesterday, but it's official now. Uh, Darren Waller is going to be out and will miss Sunday's game versus the Raiders due to his hamstring injury. How the, when, when's he going to get on the field? Like, I, If you have him in fantasy, I know he's done good for you. I understand that. But this is a guy who the, the New York Giants ended up acquiring thinking that he could help a guy like Daniel Jones. I know Daniel Jones has been out, and they had to start Tommy DeVito last week. Last week. Um, but at the same time, Darren Waller and hamstring issues, those go hand in hand, and it's consistent. And, like, I would not rule out him missing next week as well. He's a guy who's been oft injured at this point in his career. I I wonder how much longer he has in the NFL if these hamstring issues continue to plague him. The Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Looks like uh, Matt Stafford uh, with a UCL thumb issue has missed a second straight day of practice for the Rams. And, I listen, I didn't think much of the Rams coming into the year. They surprised me in the early going. And at this point, you're looking at a team uh, who is three and 3-5. And if they have no Matt Stafford, I don't know what they have. Like, I, I, I don't know what they, they start Brett Rippon. I, like, I don't really know what's – whatever. Stetson Bennett is even back yet. I don't think he's back yet. So, Rams may be cooked if, if Matt Stafford has a extended uh, leave away from the team. 
the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, tonight we have Thursday Night Football. Titans at Steelers. Steelers are minus three. I'll give you my pick when I get to big game tonight. But this stat just jumped off the page for me. Jumped off the page. Now, I know Will Levis, last week, what he was able to do. Amazing. Amazing. First quarterback to do that since Marcus Mariota in a Titans uniform. Four TDs in his debut. But in the past 20 years, rookie quarterbacks that visit Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. Do you want to know what their combined record is in the past 20 years? One in 15. One in 20. Oh. In the past 20 years. Well, I got the one right. You did. You did. I don't even know who the one is. I didn't even look that far because I didn't feel like it was really <laughs> – I didn't I didn't feel it was necessary. What if it's Marcus Mariota? So, let's just say Will Levis is going to have to beat the odds to go win at Acrisure. Acrisure Stadium, formerly known as Heinz Field. Um, but one in 20 in the past 20 years. Good Lord. And I know they're known for defense, and I know rookie quarterbacks will see ghosts when they play a Steelers defense, but that number is absolutely insane. Now, I do want to say something about the Titans last week. I think Will Levis was good. You give him credit for what he was able to do. Didn't turn the ball over, had four TDs. I think the big throws outweighed the game, the, the play-to-play throws. And also, we have to give credit to the Titans' defensive front. That was a massive game against the Falcons. Six sacks. I, Jeffrey Simmons had two sacks and a forced fumble. He signed four years, $94 million this offseason. It almost feels like he's underpaid at this point, right? Like, this guy does so much for that defense, keeps them in games, and certainly wins games. Is that disruptive? He's a game wrecker for them. But that Titans defense, I guess if that front can sort of recreate what they did last week, I think Harold Landry had two other sacks. If they can do that against the the Steelers, they have a chance. But 1-20 for rookie quarterbacks on the road in Pittsburgh, is that's, that's too big of a number for me to feel like I can go bet the Titans tonight. Think that's fair? I think that's fair. I think that's relatively fair. Now score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any five winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Gabe K. That's G-A-B-E-K. Again, G-A-B-E-K. And kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and 92.9 ESPN. You must be 21 plus and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, call the Tennessee Redline. 1-800-889-9789. Small talk is on the way. Stay with us right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Here on 92.9, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now, it's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Coon Show. And Small Talk is presented by the Memphis Touchdown Club. One more speaking engagement Monday, November 13th. That'll be the head football coach at Vanderbilt, Clark Lee. If you want tickets, information to that event, It'll be held at Hilton Memphis. Go to MemphisTouchdownClub.com. Now, um, James Harden has been introduced as a Los Angeles Clipper. And in his opening press conference, he has one quote that's making the rounds. This is about 30 minutes ago he made these comments, and it's been put on – it's out there on X. You can go see his full comment. But the the comment that is really going around – 
He said, I am not a system player. I am a system. Now, we, Connor, got to talk about this briefly earlier. If I'm the Clippers, and I'm bringing in a guy who's oft angry, who's oft just, he's just angry at the world. It's hard to have a great relationship with him that lasts a long time. He's burned bridges with a lot of people, including Daryl Morey, who you never thought he could uh, burn a bridge with. Is this not like the worst possible thing he could have said at that podium today? If you're a Clippers fan, you're trying Kawhi to Leonard, you're, you're trying to reverse Paul the trade George, right now. Russ Westbrook, and now James Harden, and James Harden says, "With all those guys, I'm not a system player. I am a system." Well, he talked about how he was on a leash in Philly. What are you talking about? He was only behind Luca in time possessing the ball per game last year. What is he talking about? Brother, you were allowed to get four. You had two 40-point games in the playoffs last year. You, you, you've been allowed to shoot wherever you've gone. With the 76ers, besides Joel Embiid, you were the, you were the key cog. You were the guy. It's, it's quite literally. If you were you a number a two fan. behind an MVP. That's, isn't that insane? You were a number two behind, the, behind an MVP. You're well into your 30s. And you said that you were handcuffed because you did not get to score as much as that MVP. That's, it's, it's insane. If you're a Clippers fan and the Clippers front office, it's the worst possible answer he could have given to that question. It's the worst answer because this is the guy that you brought in to be the unquestioned third guy. <laughs> he's the third guy. And if he's already saying, I'm the system, woo, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Because uh, it's already awkward in the locker room. We know Trey Mann's not happy. We know that Harden and Russ are doing a fake we love each other again thing. It's hard to be a system when you're 34 years old, you've lost a step, and you have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on your same team, brother. You were the system when you were winning MVPs in Houston. You're not that guy anymore. You're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. You're not that guy. I, I just, I am not a system player. I am a system. Like, the, the ego on this guy. And, and they, you know, how, how often this offseason do we talk about him understanding who he is in this day and age and if he's worth a max contract, if he's worth the money he's getting? He clearly is never going to understand It's that. just crazy. He's never going to come to terms with that. His first presser was like, yeah, I'm the system. It's like, <laughs> woo! <laughs> All right. And what's funny to me, I don't know, Russell the guy Westbrook, with the rings might be the system in L.A. Just my opinion. Also, Russell Westbrook is a on-ball guy. He is a high usage guy. And he's guy. been good this year. And he's been very solid. What's going to happen? Like, James Harden is an on-ball guy. He needs the ball in his hands. If he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he's clearly a system. He still thinks he's a system. Like, how is the relationship between Russell Westbrook and James Harden on-ball in a starting lineup going to work? If this is his messaging. Good Lord. Can you at least, like, say hi to your teammates and get on a good accord with them before you say <laughs> that you're the best player on the team? The hell's wrong with this guy, man? It's, it's, uh, it's not what you want. It's not what you want. James Harden's it's, a good player. It's he's just not who crazy he used to be, that though. All of I don't these get... things have happened, and he's like, everybody else is the problem. It can't be. There's no way it could possibly be me. How can he not grasp onto who he is as a player at this point? He's clearly not who he was when he was with the Rockets. You're 34. Everybody gets old, and you're not. You're not this guy who is. You had this athleticism that you've clearly lost a little bit over the years. And you have two guys ahead of you, no doubt, in Paul George, who's unbelievable, on-ball, off-ball, great scorer, great defender, Kawhi Leonard, same exact thing, stars. And you still think, 
Oh, I am a system. Listen, maybe, I'm not a system player. Maybe he was just taking Brother, the opportunity. To, here, no, but you have to fit in with it. Like, this whole, this entire trade is dependent on him fitting in. Correct. Dependent on him falling into line. And that type of messaging tells me he is not going to fall in the line at all. It's amazing. There is a there is a chance that this was him just taking a shot at Philly, and he doesn't fully mean fully it. Fully mean it. It's still concerning though well, if you are but, the Clippers because you're like, but, we just gave up a lot for this dude but, for a one year rental, and he's already coming in saying I'm the system. Listen, I usually hate when people talk about locker rooms when they haven't been in one. When you talk like that. Your teammates hear that. You think your teammates take that type of messaging, like, seriously? Do you think that they like that type of messaging? I am a system. I'm, I'm the guy. I need the ball in my hands. No, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, all these other guys need the ball in their hands, too. Fall in line, man. It, it just feels like this relationship is going to end badly. It's, just, that, it's already started but, rocky. But, but in, in the end of the day... What relationship hasn't ended badly with James Harden? Can we name one, really? Magic City. <laughs> they do like him in Magic they City. They love him there. They love him. They love him. Uh, Lil Baby. I think Lil Baby and him are still friends. So, there is that. But my God, man. This is the worst possible thing you can It's say. the worst answer. <laughs> like, if you're a Clippers fan, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> what do you not say? At the, this is like, you ever played 2K and you get to the post-game oh, remarks? You can- it's like answer with hum answer humbly, answer indifferently, or answer uh, with a lot of uh, cockiness, and you basically click that. That's what he did. Yeah, he, he picked the wrong one. He picked the wrong one. I they, okay, all right, James. We'll see how this all works. Now, in other news, uh, we do have. Uh, I know you're interested in this. I am too, because I have. I stream. I have a lot of streaming services. You know, Disney is going to acquire Comcast's 33% stake in Hulu, $8.6 billion. Disney's going to buy Hulu, or at least a third of Hulu. And I wonder what that's going to do to the actual platforms, actual streaming services. Are they going to I'm worried about some collide? of the shows. Because, like, Hulu makes really good original shows. They do. And Disney, well... You know, they haven't had a great track record of late. I, I mean, Loki's fine. Like, you know, Ahsoka was fine. Loki, like, you know, if Disney is good, controls but... it, are the shows going to go to crap? That's right. what you're saying. That's I'm worried about it because the new Goosebumps shows, it's good. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying the new Goosebumps show. It's they're doing this because they're getting ready to sell ESPN. Yeah. So, uh, it's I understand why they're doing it, but it does. You know, it worries me a little. It's it's I've liked Disney over the years, but there's no way around it. They've everything that they've touched recently hasn't been great. Yeah. So. Yep, no question about it. Now, uh, one more hour left in the show. We're going to use it wisely. We're going to talk the Blitz. We're going to get into the Blitz at 6.30. But coming up next, time to talk a little Tiger basketball before they take on LeMoyne Owen. Parth Yai is next right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.